Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 115 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. Burning out or about to? No worries. We have your burnout recovery plan on this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Armin Asadi! Oh my God. Welcome to the program. <laughs> oh, it's so thrown off. Episode 115 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We were just having fun about it. Baseball commentators and such. <laughs> so we decided we'd uh, we'd have a little fun this afternoon on the warm up for the show. So hope I didn't blast your ear out here. But this is the podcast for what's next in life, and we want to help you explore new ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, and the adventures you are made to pursue. <laughs> Oh my God. I'm so glad you have this much energy because I'm half dead. <laughs> well, you would not know we're going to talk about burnout here in this episode. I'm, I'm, I'm fast on my way to it, right? Listen, you will, like always, find the episode show notes at reinventure.me slash whatever the episode title is or the episode number is. In this case, it's 115. 115. 115. <laughs> so reinventure.me slash 115. I am amped up. I just amped myself up, I guess, this morning. How are you? We got to do this more often. I love the energy. <laughs> yeah, we're going to probably crash and burn here very quickly. Yeah, that's right. As long as we get it on the podcast, that's all that matters. Hey, we want to talk about burnout today. We want to talk about your burnout recovery plan. And don't shut off this episode if you're like, ah, I wonder what they're talking about. Because... If you're not in burnout, you will be. At some point. You will be. Yes. No. Especially if you're determined. Actually, that's not a guarantee that you'll be in burnout. But, you know, a few weeks ago, Armin, we talked about drive and content. Can they coexist? Yeah. And I think a lot of our listeners are driven people. I know you and I right. have a lot of drive in us. It's hard to imagine driven people not experiencing burnout. Right. I have. Yeah. I consider myself a self-professed expert in burnout. <laughs> Something you probably don't want to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not exactly it's not exactly poster boy material, you know. That and also midlife crises. I I've had I think 5 of them. <laughs> we should do a show on a midlife crisis. Yes, what is a midlife I, crisis? I would know so much about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, like I said, I have had, had five. In fact, the last one I told Anna, I, I said, I think I'm having a midlife crisis. She just laughs at me. She says, so yeah, you've had, you've had a half a dozen of those. <laughs> I said, but this is different. She says, what's different about this one? I said, I don't, I think this is going to last forever. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. I think that's part of what you feel when you're in burnout, too. But before we dive that's into true. burnout, we have an Inspire Me. It now may not quite be so inspirational as much as informational, but I think it's still a good one. All right. So the Inspire Me from Dallas Willard says, understanding is the basis of care. 
what you would take care of, you must first understand whether it be a petunia or a nation. Or yourself. Or yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we're going to talk a little bit, well, in fact, quite a bit in this episode, Armin, about self-care. Yeah. Because that's at the basis of a recovery plan for those who are in burnout. And if you're in or burnout. Or a prevention plan. Or a prevention plan for burnout. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, Armin, the Psalm 23, right? Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd, I, I shall, shall not want. want. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very famous psalm, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people recognize it. It's in, It's been in all the movies. Absolutely. It's It's right. always, it's in the movie just before the person's going to die. Die, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or kill someone. <laughs> well, there's a version of this that's written just for driven people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think this is probably the way the to say it. The antithesis. Yeah, it's from Marsha Hornock called Psalm 23 Antithesis, and it goes like this. The clock is my dictator. I shall not want. It makes me lie down only when exhausted. (laughs) It leads me to deep depression. It hounds my soul. It leads me in circles of frenzies for activity's sake. Even though I run frantically from task to task, I will never get it all done, for my (laughs) ideal is with me. (laughs) Ain't that the case? (laughs) Deadlines and my need for approval, they drive me. They demand performance for me beyond the limits of my schedule. They anoint my head with migraines. <laughs> my in-basket overflows. Surely fatigue and time pressure shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the bonds of frustration forever. <laughs> <laughs> Selah. You know, I, I, yes, Selah, right. <laughs> with harps and lyre, you know. This is one of those quote-unquote psalms that I think is probably a pretty modern-day description of many, many right. people, and I have felt the tyranny of that myself many, many times. The mantra of the burnout expert. This is the the song you sing on your way to burnout. <laughs> this is the 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 burnout psalm, if you will. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, everything she says, as funny as it might be, pretty accurate as to what burnout looks like and how you cause it. And, and we'll get into this, but something that's even deep about what she says in here is deadlines and my need oh, yeah. for approval. They drive me. Yes. I mean, again, funny and witty. But tr- so true, right? I yes. mean, that's like psychologically deep and profound. And it is. yes, that is a big part of why burnout happens because you're sitting there living and right. working and busting your butt, not for this yourself. Is, yeah, it's one of those lines you laugh at because it's true. It's true, yeah. You're just like, <laughs> dang it. That's, that's and funny. the one that I laugh at is for my ideal is with me, <laughs> right? And you can never, yeah, you can <laughs> never reach the ideal. <laughs> no. It's that relentless thing Perfection. that you keep going after. And anointing my head with migraines. <laughs> <laughs> Which you're all aware of. Uh, well, listen, before we get into our burnout recovery plan, we should probably talk about what it is. Yeah, so definition of the medical dictionary says that emotional and physical exhaustion is resulting from a combination of exposure to environmental and internal stressors and inadequate coping and adaptive skills. In addition to signs of exhaustion, the person with burnout exhibits an increasingly negative attitude towards his or her job, low self-esteem, and personal devaluation. Mm-hmm. There was a song that epitomizes burnout. You remember? No. What? I think we talked about this way back probably in episode two or whatever episode we talked about 
detoxifying from a job. Yeah. It's that I think it's Johnny Paycheck, take this job and shove it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, is yeah. the burnout song. Man. Okay. It's like I'm done. I'm toast. Totally. I'm, all, I'm totally That was my first time hearing about that song. <laughs> yeah, this I had my to... second. <laughs> <laughs> That was a long time ago, I mean, 112 episodes or so ago, right? So, But that's exactly what it is. You reach this point where you just get to total exhaustion, and it debilitates you in a number of ways. Some of the symptoms that you have, now I'm saying yeah. this, I wrote these things down just for my own personal experience, right? So when I've gone through times of burnout and you know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. You were wondering right. about your whether you were on the path to that uh, as well, right? Oh, well, some of those questions are going to ask later. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to that in a minute. But, you know, if you're feeling anxiety, a lot of anxiety and impatience, discouragement and depression, I mean, obviously lots of things can contribute to this, but when you are totally working so hard and trying to chase this ideal and you're trying to deadlines and approval are pushing you those are the things that become the byproduct of just pushing for so long with that it could involve panic it could involve just a total despondency or disinterest in a passion area so something that used to really bring you alive kind of fails to revive that for you again. And one of the things that I found, Armin, is that when I get in periods of burnout, one of the easiest ways for me to know that that happens is I start resenting when people ask me for stuff. Yeah. And especially... Or adding anything to your plate. Adding to my plate. But especially it occurs. Here's where it occurs for me. Mm -hmm. And kind of the earliest warning signs for me that I'm approaching exhaustion, if if not burnout, it's brownout. (laughs) Right? And that is... When I start resenting, when my family asks me for something from me that in a healthier state I'd be okay with. Or excited about it. Yeah, or even excited to do. Yeah. But when I feel like the people that I love the most are encroaching upon me Mm -hmm. and what I'm trying to do, then I know my priorities are shifted. Yeah. You know, and, and it's off. And right. when I start to resent the fact that, oh, they're actually creating a demand on me and I'm feeling so much pressure with all the other stuff. That's a sure sign that something's a kilt for me. Right. And it's funny how they're typically the first to be on the retrieve or receiving end of your resentment. Oh, yeah. You know, it's the it's typically we, wife, kids, whoever's hurt closest. the ones we love the most. Yeah, right. It's so weird. You yeah. know, you would think it's one of the pastors or mentors in my life. I remember he put me in check. He said, you think you're being a man by taking your anger out on your, uh, on your wife but you go out and do business with somebody you don't even care about and you control yourself. Mm-hmm. So why don't you go and get mad and resentful towards the guy that you're probably never going to see again and show some self-control for your wife. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, that's... <laughs> <laughs> it was like a soul crusher, but it was so true. I didn't even get mad about it. I was like, you're right. You're yeah, right. well, it's so easy, and this is probably just a separate topic altogether because it's not necessarily related to burnout. It could just be that we don't value our family or we feel like we can be so comfortable with them right. that we forget that they're people too. Right, or they and, and we treat our strangers better than we do our family. Right. And that's not right. Right. You know, obviously that's, I don't think any of us would ascribe to that as a value. And yet that, that ends up what's happened. Now, if you don't deal with burnout, I mean, it can lead to all kinds of physical problems too. You can get headaches, you know, the migraines oh, that overflow you. It can be muscles, all kinds of things. Back it, and uh, uh, Yeah. Obviously it can affect your sleep, yeah. you know, keep you up at night. You're tossing, you're not sleeping well. It can lead to heart disease and, and high cholesterol and type two diabetes, especially among women. 
it could get to stroke. You start packing on weight because you start eating your problems. Mm -hmm. And so obesity, all kinds of things that make you vulnerable to more and more illness. If we don't deal with it, we end up deteriorating ourselves. It's like we visit the toxins into our own body and it starts to show. Yeah, even the last one that you said, vulnerability to illness. I, I mean, as you're, you know, you're, I'm you're, sick right you're now. sick right now, yeah. But, I mean, I haven't slept since last Friday, you yeah. know, and, and I'm not burnt out, I don't think, but I'm definitely fatigued. And even yeah. just fatigue makes it so easy for me to get sick. Yep. Because I just, my of body's course. not... It's just not up to par yeah. <laughs> to fight the yeah. same fight. Well, having a new baby is going to do that. Yeah. I mean, I remember those early years for myself when I was a dad. Now, Sick off being me. a granddad, I can just observe it from a distance and go, all right. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Have fun. Have fun with that. <laughs> so, I mean, we have some questions that we gathered from right. the Mayo Clinic that might be helpful for our listeners to reflect on yeah. for themselves to say, hey, am I, am I in a burnout situation or am i vulnerable to burnout right yeah now, right yeah i got halfway through and i was like larry i think i'm burnt out <laughs> yeah <laughs> <That was like laughs> right so i'll pause for a second after i ask questions and you can reflect answer honestly no one can hear you so one have you become cynical or critical at work and maybe the question is are you more cynical <laughs> and <laughs> <Yes>. critical? <laughs> I mean, some of us are usual. Some of us are kind of generally <laughs> cynical or critical. <laughs> All right, number two. Do you drag yourself to work and have trouble getting started once you arrive? Mm. Number three. Have you become irritable or impatient with coworkers, customers, or clients? Only the stupid ones. <laughs> <laughs> and seem to all fit under that category. <laughs> so is there an alarming increase in the number of stupid people in your life? <laughs> all right, number four, do you lack the energy to be consistently productive? Five, do you lack satisfaction from your achievements? That's a really big one to mm -hmm. be aware of. Oh, yeah. I think that, that one's a huge sign. Six, do you feel disillusioned about your job? Seven, are you using food, drugs, or alcohol to feel better or to simply not feel? <laughs> I gouge myself in food and ice cream like a woman who just got broken up via text message. I had a half a bag of popcorn last night. <laughs> uh, it's so Could funny. be worse. <laughs> Eight, have your sleep habits or appetite changed? And then finally, number nine, are you troubled by unexplained headaches, backaches, or other physical complaints? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a pretty good list. Yeah. And I think that when I've been in burnout, I would say yes to all of those. Yeah. Or most all of them. <laughs> yeah. I think the one that helped me realize I'm not burned out is that one question. Do you lack satisfaction from your achievements? When I am burned out, there's no amount of achievement that makes me feel like I'm satisfied. Doing yeah, what I I'm think doing. there's a sense that burnout has this almost resignation to it that there really everything is going poorly. Right. In some ways, metaphorically, you feel like you're in a cul-de-sac. You're trapped. Right. Rather than fatigue. And, and that's important for us to talk about because I think burnout is kind of extended chronic fatigue that gets to this point where you feel like there's really nothing you can do. Right. Your options are limited. You have no real controls over your life. Right. Whereas fatigue is just, you know, you've been pushing hard and you've probably not been getting a lot of sleep. In your case, Army, you know, yeah. a lot of it is due to the circumstances of being a new dad. Yep. Any new parent knows what that, you know, getting through those early years <laughs> are like. And there's a lot of fatigue. And 
clearly the things that you need to do to manage fatigue and manage burnout are similar. But with burnout, I think that there's some additional things that we need to to be thinking about. So we should probably talk about a burnout recovery plan, right? Yeah. And I think the best way to get on a recovery plan, and I'll stick, insert this as the number one thing to do is just one, recognize it. Um, sometimes when we're in the burnout, that means we're running so hard, so fast that we probably have tunnel vision. We're not taking a step back. We're not trying to look, we're not meditating. We're not doing anything that would allow us to see, Hey, I'm probably pushing this too hard until it's well, typically too late. So I would just say, recognize it and then admit it to yourself that you have this burnout condition. Yeah. Because one, one, one of the simplest ways is actually just asking yourself, do I have these list of conditions that we just listed out exactly right and oftentimes people who you know are working far too hard you can see it they're fatigued they look like they're defeated they're bags under the eyes glazed overlook (laughs) and they they will be the last person to admit that there's any problem you know yeah and one of the things that i did with anna quite a bit when i was working really hard and i was feeling like i was i was pushing toward burnout is i kept making promises i had to break oh gosh and those were like well when will this be over, you know, because Anna would be a little bit concerned about, yeah, exactly. (laughs) She'd be concerned about how I was doing and and I'd say two weeks and it never was two weeks. I mean, it was like the, always the two weeks that just keeps coming. Right. And so that's one thing to be aware of is if, if you are in denial about all the broken promises you've made, then it's time to admit that, Hey, I probably am in burnout right now. And right. It's not like you're a failure if you're in burnout. It's better yeah. for you to admit it and to work on a proactive recovery plan right. than to take it further and end up really doing significant damage health-wise to you and yeah. to your life, right? I mean, yeah, even if you look in the Old Testament, right, one of the commandments being the Sabbath. The Sabbath You're day. literally commanded to rest because exactly. rest has that much impact on you where people who are typically in burnout, rest, it's, it's not a luxury you can afford. Right. When in reality, the, it's the a motto is sleep is, I'll have plenty of time to sleep when I'm dead. dead right? yeah, yeah. Well, you're just ushering that <laughs> death part right along. You'll, you'll bring that along pretty quickly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think number two in your recovery plan is really to, secondly, accept that it's a long recovery, right? You, you didn't get into burnout instantly, and you're not going to get out of burnout instantly. Right. And the notion that all you need is a vacation is not likely to be a long-term fix for that. So yeah, you might take a vacation or you might be pushing hard and going, my vacation is coming up in a few weeks and it'll all be better then. That's the start of maybe a recovery, but that isn't a recovery. I and mean, most you, people don't even vacation. It's usually like a weekend getaway. Uh, oh, oh yeah. I'll know. take, I'll take a day or a weekend yeah. and I won't work that weekend. <laughs> and then all you do is reply to emails from a and hotel room. And you don't really take, you don't really take the time off. Right. So instead of saying, Hey, I, you know, I'm going to get this long recovery time. I'm going to get a vacation or I need, I can wait until I get a vacation work on smaller pieces first. Yeah. You know, we'll talk about that in a minute. But the key thing that I needed to keep in mind, let Stephen, let me try this. The key thing I think in this early stage when you recognize that you're in burnout is to not make immediate life decisions. Right? Things when you are in burnout feel more charged than they really are. The yeah. life is, you know, so much bigger when you're in that st- hyper-stressed, right. fatigue situation. Well, and all are, your negative emotions are so amplified, right? So they you are. have a negative perspective. You have a negative belief system. You're yeah. wearing these, not rose-colored glasses, they're just very dark, yeah. shaded 
colored glasses that makes everything look bad. Well, you don't make good decisions when you're fatigued. And I've shared on this podcast before about a time when I was burned out in my job. I was leading a group, uh, an international support group for seven years. And if you've ever led a support group, Mm -hmm. it is a thankless job because, you know, you're always on the hot seat to get a problem fixed. Right. And if it gets fixed, it's not like you ever get accolades for it because right. there's right another one. You did your job. <laughs> there's another one right <laughs> next to it that's coming along. Yeah. And after seven years, I was just burning out of that. My desire to please and please other people yeah. did not bode well in an environment where the only accolade you get is none. Yeah. <laughs> you know, really, yeah. it was a thankless job. And after seven years of it, I ended up calling my boss at 10 o'clock at night one night. I was... Just fed up. I was fatigued, and I just said, I, I got to get out of this. If I'd slept on it, I probably would have come to the same conclusion. Hmm. I would have handled it, I think, much better, more right. professionally. I wouldn't have hit the eject button, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which out. is what I did, you know. <laughs> but I think that's the key. Don't make immediate life decisions when you're in the middle of burnout. Yeah. I think another thing I would add to this is. People who burn out are really good at scheduling their burnouts, right? So I schedule conference calls, web conferences, meetings, sales calls, support calls. I'll do networking. I will schedule a lot of stuff in there and make sure that it happens, right? Right. But if I I look at it from a different perspective, I'm scheduling burnout because I'm constantly making sure my schedule is filled. Exactly right. With burnout. Mm -hmm. So maybe the opposite to that might be this schedule self-care time, mm-hmm. right? Self-care time might just be something as simple as taking a break, relaxing and not doing anything, not thinking about anything. Take control of your schedule. Just set some boundaries where it allows you to say yes or no to whatever kind of meetings that you might not find valuable to you. If you think about it, self-care is probably one of the most important things that you could do for yourself. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, no one else is going to take care of you. You're functioning at a lower ability. You're executing probably a lot slower than you would be. You're mentally drained. You're emotionally probably not aware as you should be. Your emotional intelligence probably drops. I mean, there's so much that goes against it when you're not taking care of yourself, right? You're just basically abusing yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I I would say that in my experience, burnout is primarily a function of not setting proper boundaries. Yeah. Either you're not setting it with other people or you're not setting it with yourself. Right. But in any case, it comes down to just what you said. If you're not proactively scheduling for yourself, right, you're then proactively scheduling against yourself. Yeah. And that's what's going to contribute to burnout. When you do block your time off for self-care, like Armin's suggesting, find something that activates you emotionally and intellectually. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't mean that it has to be, you know, you're going to go off and solve Einstein's unified theory, you know, <laughs> or try to find one. Yeah. But that you do something that is emotionally good for you, but also engages you in it as well. Not a passive activity. So in other words, don't binge on Netflix you right. know, you, or watch well, TV or whatever. Yeah. See, that's a passive exercise. Yeah. You know, you might be saying, I need some downtime. I need some self-care. But what that ends up doing is it doesn't cause you to make any decisions. Hmm. And the only decisions you're making are just to sit there and watch whatever is on next or watch the next it's run or whatever. It's a agent, yeah. Yeah, but instead, find a hobby. You know, either find a new hobby that you can learn something new with or rediscover an old hobby, you know, make tear down your motorcycle or, <laughs> or plant a garden or do whatever. But the thing that gets you going, thinking about something that is not your primary occupation. Yeah, 
And that's an interesting use of that word, isn't it? Occupation. It's the mm. thing that occupies us. And if we don't set boundaries to it, yeah. that thing becomes like the camel in the tent pretty soon takes over, and pretty soon we have to vacate because right. our occupation has killed us. Right. One boundary I'll throw out there is for the introverts and extroverts. Mm. If you're an introvert and you're constantly around people, set a boundary that you're going to have time alone. If you're an extrovert and you're constantly alone sitting behind your laptop doing whatever it is like coding or something like that set time to be around people i think that's one of the biggest key things that i see in between an introvert and extrovert is they don't actually utilize the way that they recharge mm-hmm. right they do the opposite mm-hmm. so like for me i'm an extrovert but i'm stuck behind a phone and a laptop all day right. long not around people right that actually burns me out. Right. So recharge with the thing. If you're an introvert, make sure you have introversion time to recharge. If you're right. an extrovert, make sure you, you have some time with people to recharge. That's a great, great point. Which means not Netflix because it's not bringing you around people if you're an extrovert. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might be good if you're an introvert. But again, I, I'm not uh, railing on Netflix or television or movies or any of that. But if you're in a burnout situation, why take the time that you have that you could invest it in a more mentally stimulating way, Mm -hmm. one that doesn't suck something from you. In fact, I think there have been plenty of studies that have demonstrated that you actually lower your metabolism Mm. and you lower your heart rate by watching television. I mean, you kind of like just go into this almost comatose stage. You're smoking weed, basically. (laughs) I mean, it may feel good, but, but it isn't actually giving you any regenerative energy. Yeah. One thought is to also, during this time, I mentioned don't make any big changes, but also limit the number of small changes you make. Yeah, changes are exhausting. They are. They mentally drain you. So when you talk about scheduling time on your calendar, I mean, I suggest that you schedule not huge chunks of time because that adds to the stress of whatever it is that's causing you burnout. Right. But take small chunks of time. So maybe that's just 45 minutes a day that you do your hobby or you do something or maybe it's a half an hour or whatever. But if you know you've got your time, (laughs) this is the boundary. This is what I'm going to do. It's in the schedule and I'm going to make sure that that's my time. It can go a long way to doing that. Instead of saying, all right, that's it. I'm going to start a weight loss program. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I mean, all of that stuff then just (laughs) contributes to adding more More stress stress. to you. And when you start failing in one, then you start feeling like you're a failure in everything. And it adds and compounds your sense of depression, discouragement, feeling out of control. So limit the number of changes. And the best thing to do is start small Find a way to schedule some time to do the thing that could be recharging for you. Right on. So here's another thing, and you'll you'll see how often we say this if you listen to our podcast. It seems to be a very common theme, but that's because it actually works, and I'd be willing to put a guarantee on it. But it comes in the form of people. Mm -hmm. Ask for support from a friend or family member or whoever, but surround yourself by people who know you, understand you, know how hard you're willing to work, how far you're willing to take it, how easily you'll take yourself to a place of burnout, and make sure that you have people around you that'll actually put you in check, support you, love you, encourage you, help you get back into a place that's not burnt out. Yep. I mean, I can't suggest that enough. You should always have a support network regardless if you're burned out or not, but it really helps in the sense that if you're burning out or on the way to. Totally critical to have that. And I think your friends too will find that hey, when somebody admits, my friend admits that they're burning out and they need help, they're going to help. Yeah. They're going to see that. They're going to respect that. And most of them probably have gone through it themselves. They know where you're at and they know what you need. Yeah. I mean, typically you're surrounded yourself with somewhat of like-minded people, so they'll be aware. Yeah. 
Well, once you've done that, then you can get into the place where you evaluate the cause of it. And I really don't recommend you dive into these right away because I think until you get some time where you can just do nothing to try to fix what you're in, yeah. I mean, t- schedule the time, mm-hmm. schedule some time for you to enjoy something else. Then after you get a little bit of that under your belt, you can start to get enough margin to gain some perspective about what might be going on. If you force it, and try to get the answer to these questions too early, you're not likely to get an accurate answer. Mm-hmm. You're likely to, to make a trigger move, mm-hmm. do something like I did, where you just do something just to escape, and you're not really getting the benefit of what puts you there. So think about what might be causing the burnout for you. Is it a poor fit in what you're doing? Like you're not doing work that you enjoy that's bringing yeah. some vitality to you and you're just being asked to do more and more of the very thing that you're not good at or, right. or enjoy? Or is it an issue of boundaries? You're not able to say no or you, like you said, it's a question of maybe you can't say no to yourself. Maybe that ideal is continuing to drive you. Well, where does that come from? Yeah. What is the value? What is the core emotional need that's driving you? And what are you wanting that you're not getting? Now, that frustration that you have that's driving you, what is it that you're not receiving? What is it, if you could just change one thing about your situation that would reduce stress, what would that be? Hmm. And those are questions that you can ask, but they shouldn't be hurried. They should be questions that you incubate over time. In fact, we've talked about journaling and the value of journaling. This is a great time to pick up some journaling because journaling is a great practice to have. If you're in burnout, you've got to get that stuff gunk, those toxins out of your system and onto paper is a great way to do that. We have a whole episode or probably several by now on journaling, right? (laughs) I think we have a toolbox on journaling too. So that's a great way to do it as well. Right. So I think we've given a lot here for you. If you're in a place of burnout and in ways to assess yourself, to know that you are burnt out or on your way to, and then we're giving you a pretty decent recovery plan that will allow you to start making your way back to a place of mental, spiritual, physical, emotional health. So for us to even get to that point, we want to throw you a challenge and I'll let Larry throw this to you, but this is an important challenge for you to take. Yeah, well, here you go. If you're in a burnout or maybe in in the early stages of burnout, just ask what change will you make to your schedule to create a boundary for self-care? You know, is it a half an hour a day? Is it, you know, whatever. What is that change that you can make that you know you could manage? And it's not this huge thing, but enough that you can stay consistent with. What's that change? That would be my challenge. And I'll throw a sub-challenge to this. Make it specific. If you're being vague or ambiguous, you're setting a dream, not a goal. Make it actionable so that you can apply it today. And if you can't, you, you, you're adding more to your burnout. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Yep. Good. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. And I want to ask a favor of you as our listeners. It's been since January 22nd since someone has left us a review on iTunes. Now, can you fix that for us? If you'd be willing to go to reinventure.me slash iTunes, it will take you right to a place where you can view on iTunes, then click on ratings and review, click ratings, and then write us just one or two sentence review. We'd love to hear what you have to say about the show. Of course, we'd love a high rating, but you know what? 
be honest. Tell us what you like. And if you don't like something, tell us that too. But leave us a comment too on our show notes, reinventure.me slash 115. What are your suggestions for how you overcome burnout? We'd love to hear from you. Or call our show line at 612-314-5447. So this is Larry Gates for Armina Sani <laughs> saying so long. We'll see you next week. <laughs> You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. <laughs>